0: 26 years of tough experience, really. It's a hard job being a police officer extremely demanding but I'm glad I've survived to tell the tale. I enjoyed my, my time but uh, you know obviously life moves on I move on to do different things now
1: What sort of drew you away from the police force and on to the sort of things you're doing now? Well I served my time I can only do 30 years in the police I did
0: 26 and I worked uh, in the civil service for 7 years prior to joining the police and so I converted that into four and a half years of pension so in effect I've worked 30 years for the government so that's it I've, I couldn't do any more What sort of challenges did you face? Change was the biggest challenge Massive changes in the police throughout my whole career, really. A few life and death situations, but mainly it was managing the change and the shift work is very
1: tough physically and mentally and it's a very demanding job. One of the things that you're passionate about, and that probably had an interest in it while you're in the force, is obviously football and futsal. I'll come on to sort of futsal later on, but football in particular what do you like about football the most and what sort of made you want to sort of pursue that I've always been a
0: football fan I was brought up in the east end of London uh, Canning Town which is the same birthplace as Mark Noble captain of West Ham United so uh, when I was five six seven that's where I was brought up and you didn't really have a choice of who you supported if you lived in Canning Town you supported West Ham so I'm a West Ham fan I'm known on Twitter as the the hippie hammer and always played football when I was at school played for school football teams Uh, always been passionate about football when I had children I got two Grown up boys and a daughter. I got into them playing football and ultimately, with my middle child, got into coaching and helping out really as a parent helper for Girton Colts, where I became chairman, and also with Chesterton Eagles and Cambridge City.
1: And what's it like helping out at a club like Girton Colts, that are a grassroots club?
0: Girton Colts is a a village club. I think the main thing is, is, as a village club, you've got to offer opportunities to young people who live in the village first and foremost to experience sport. And so the club in Girton was Girton Colts Football Club. So it was really important that uh, there were village kids in the first instance were coming to play football for the village team and playing with their friends and experiencing, you know, um, football and and also their parents.
1: How rewarding did you find
0: it? Oh, extremely rewarding. I absolutely loved it. It was absolutely brilliant. I would encourage any parent to get involved Uh, and, and if you're not a parent if you're passionate about football get involved some of the best courses i've ever been on were conducted by cams fa they were absolutely fantastic some brilliant tutors and coaches mentors enjoyed every single one of them what are the best bits about being involved in football at a grassroots level the best bits are the rewards of the happy faces of the children if you go in it with an adult mentality that it's about winning then you're going to suffer and you'll get backlash and you won't enjoy it as much if you go in it into it with the idea that You love football and you want as many people as possible to experience the joys of playing football, experience football. And your job as a coach is to get the best out of each individual child, the best footballer they can be. Now, not everybody's going to be a Ronaldo, so that's really what your job is. What about some of the challenges? faced by grassroots football? Well there's a lot of challenges I think in relation to pitches because of the weather. We certainly seem to be getting a lot more games I think cancelled because of uh, rainy weather and possibly the fact is that pitches aren't being maintained as as much because of cutbacks in funding and resourcing etc etc. So I think that's a big issue for grassroots football. Uh, I think challenges are also getting enough volunteers really to become involved because it's not just the coaching it's the administration of it all as well. You need secretaries for each club, you need need welfare officers need child protection officers it's getting enough volunteers really to become involved
1: that's the key word volunteers
0: yes yeah volunteers i mean back to the community really i mean i think some people are doers and some people are followers and so it's identifying the doers in your community that will do and other people will follow them if you take the lead but somebody has to lead and i suppose maybe it's in my personality as a police officer to be the person that does i always as a police officer i think we trained me to do this but i always went to work thinking i have to go forward it might not be Natural for me to want to do that, but that's what you have to do. Your natural is to run away from danger, from the incident. You want to walk away like other people or just watch, but that's not what you're paid to do. You're paid to walk forward when others want to walk away. When it came down to recreational and sporting opportunities for my children, I looked and uh, my first child was coached by other people. Uh, Then I became to understand that there was a lot of help required in putting the nets up, taking the nets down, making teas, uh, fundraising, all those sort of stuff really. And so as years progressed, I got more and more involved. And then for my middle lad, I then thought, okay, well, actually I need to step forward now and become a coach and in order to do that then you need to get qualifications so hence I went on the CAMS FA courses and got qualified to coach and then as a coach then became vacancies for the management of the club so I ultimately ended up as a chairman for a couple of years You're still
1: involved with grassroots football?
0: Well my involvement not grassroots football no I, I've become a volunteer with CAMS United
1: Futsal so
0: not at a grassroots level
1: really What would be your message to people who are thinking of getting involved in grassroots football? I would encourage them to do it please do it they're always looking for volunteers You
0: know, because if you don't... Then, what are children going to do? Play on the PlayStations all day long? You can't complain if children are just watching the television and watching their screens or tablets all, all day long and there's nothing for them to do. You've got to go out there and help and, and provide the facilities. And the rewards are massive. Compared to what you invest, you'll get it back hundreds of times over. we will talk about futsal now. Now, how did that come on the scene? Futsal, um, for those who don't know, it's uh, the only FIFA approved version of five-a-side football. And it's mainly played indoors. It can be played outdoors, obviously, with the weather conditions but it's mainly played indoor and FIFA approved it in 1989 basically my experience was I can remember a game I was coaching the team of under under nines I think it was and we played at Milton one day and there was this little lad who came along in my team and he stood there and before the game started with his dad and said Chris I'm too cold I don't want to play and I was come on you know we really need you you know the team needs you come and play but he just didn't want to play his dad agreed with him and that sort of got me a germ of an idea thinking to myself what you know this is freezing cold this was like a February day there must be other versions of football played indoors not just outdoors for kids to play and so then when I was coaching kids I noticed some of the technical abilities that they had or didn't have and I was watching football and looking at Spanish and the Portuguese and the Brazilians and looking at England team thinking well technically they look better than us what's going on about five years ago I think it was five six years ago I discovered futsal I think it was on YouTube and I started watching a guy called Ricardinho who's Portuguese and the best player in the world I mean there was a guy before him called Falco who's a Brazilian but this guy Ricardinho if you look him up on YouTube what he does with a futsal ball is unbelievable I started watching some games I think it was on Eurosport I saw some games and I thought this is the sport I'm thinking of and so then I started to research it found out it was invented in 1930s by a guy in Uruguay who worked for the YMCA and because of the weather conditions over there he wanted a sport for players to play when they couldn't play outside so he invented this indoor football version of indoor five-a-side football and it took off it was adopted in Brazil, South American countries, Mediterranean countries and basically the rest of the world have been playing this version of five-a-side football for years and in 1989 I discovered that FIFA adopted Futsal as the only version of five-a-side that they approve our traditional five-a-side in this country where we play with a bouncy ball and pots goals why we continue to play that i don't know because once you've played futsal you'll never want to go back to play ordinary 5 side or the english version of 5 side again because it is just fast it's technically brilliant it's so enjoyable to watch and play i play on a thursday recreationally you now in my 50s i'm a best player <laughs> i wish there is and yeah you won't go back it's just a fantastic
1: sport in its own right and develops better footballers too. And also one of the things about futsal as well is you get these games where you don't get goal straws or very rarely get goal straws. always very high scoring, it's fast paced. And I guess one of the things as well is it encourages players to think more about what they're doing with the ball, think about the space they're in, sort of checking behind them more sort of thing. And, and just may makes them think about more of those intricate details, I guess. Absolutely, Daniel. It's not really about positions. I mean, traditionally in this
0: country, we look at the big lad and we go, ah, oh, he's a big lad. Oh, so he'll play at the back. And we look at the little technical lad who can pass the ball oh he plays in midfield and we look at the guy who can score goals he must be the striker and the fastest lad will put on the wing doesn't happen in futsal it's all rotating positions one minute you're the attacker the next minute you're the pivot or the defender or you'll be on the wing you rotate positions the goalkeeper is as much part of the team on the field as he he, he, he kicks the ball as much as he does stop it with his hands in futsal so it's one of those sports that it's a fantastic sport to watch it's more like basketball it's the 2020 version of football I call it it's like playing football in the penalty area of a football pitch but for 40 minutes because it's two 20 minute halves and basically if you make a mistake it's a goal scoring opportunity and so there's no boring bits it's just fast technically brilliant and exciting how long have you been involved with Cambridge Futsal Club about five years ago Cambridge Futsal Club was formed in 2013 and I about five years ago I went to watch I looked on the internet found that they were playing in the Cam's Fives League they had a small league of six teams and I went to a lot along to watch one of their games and it was an adult league and I looked at it and I thought wow this is exactly what I want young players to play so I spoke to the Jose Lima who was one of the founders of the club and said I'm interested in setting up a youth team for you I know a lot of lads uh, sort of 14 to 16 years of age group he supported me in that idea and so along with a friend called Bryn Hardwick we formed Cambridge Futsal Club's youth team and over a two-year period we coached this little group of lads I mean I ended up introducing about 25-30 young lads to futsal and we ended up it's a squad of 12 basically but we represented Cambridge here in, in, in some tournaments went all over the country playing we ultimately in 2015 we went to national finals in Birmingham to the futsal centre there and we lost our first First game, 2-0 and the next six games we won and we won the tournament, a national tournament, which was absolutely fantastic. And that was thanks down to the lads themselves, down to us as coaches and down to this help we had from Cambridge Football Club and Jose and, and a few other lads who came into, you know, with their experience of futsal to help us coach these lads. And from that, I'm pleased to say that a couple of the lads have gone on to bigger and better things from from that. I mean, Monty Boutel was one of my lads and he is now plays for Cambridge United Futsal Club and also plays for England under 23s and is a star of the future in the futsal world no doubt about that came second this season in the National League uh, as goal scorer which is an amazing Toby Hardwick ends up he's the captain of the futsal club Shay Jakes goalkeeper for the club so you know we've had some great success from that little nucleus of, of lads who we introduced to futsal as Cambridge Futsal Club and then we sort of in order to join the National League we moved and morphed from Cambridge Futsal Club thanks to help from Jez George and Cambridge United into Cambridge United
1: Futsal and this season Cambridge United Futsal Club really defied the odds because the expectations were quite a lot lower than what you actually achieved. You finished third in your league last season, just gone. How pleasing was it to get a result like that? Oh,
0: it was hugely, hugely impressive. I mean, Louis Bendonker, the head coach uh, for Cambridge United Football, got to take a lot of credit for really bringing the gelling a team together, a team mentality, which was fantastic. So, Teams made up of, uh, yeah, as you say, they're all amateurs. We had a vet, we've got uh, coaches and teachers, students, all make up the team. Spanish, Portuguese, Italians, English players, a whole mix of age range and experience. And he gelled them together. And before the season started, as it's the first season of the National League, we were hoping just not to get relegated, to be honest, out of 12 teams. If we'd ended up 10th, that'd been great, because eleven and 12th got relegated. We were hoping a really good season would have been 8th and we've ended up third. Unbelievable. What an achievement for this city. National recognition, really. And as I say, players are now being recognised, being uh, introduced in, into the England squads, England development centres, being invited to train. Fantastic.
1: Unbelievable. Obviously, one of the things about futsal as well is it does cost money to be involved. There's a big commitment. People giving up their Sundays to travel to all parts of the country.
0: There is, yeah. I mean, Thankfully, that, um, the Cambridge futsal Club has now morphed into Cambridge United Futsal Club. We do get some backing from Cambridge United, but unfortunately, they can't cover all the costs. They're only you know they're not a huge club themselves, so we're always seeking sponsorship to help us meet the costs of travelling all over the country. So if there's any local businesses who are interested in sponsoring Cambridge United Futsal, then please get in touch with us via our Facebook page, which is at Cambridge United FC Futsal, or look at us on Twitter, which is at CUFC Futsal. There's a whole package of different sponsorships that are available, from naming rights on shirts, on sleeves, on shorts, to banners in the University Sports Centre where we play our home matches. So the second net as we call it they have advertising in the nets in futsal which they don't have in football we have around 2,000 followers on social media our matches are videoed and they go worldwide it's a massive global audience for futsal all over the world I mean I think um, the BBC put a documentary out recently had 25,000 views a small piece on BBC breakfast about futsal very quickly got that so yeah there's great opportunities for local businesses to get involved in futsal we've had some but there's always room for more
1: what sort of things will you need help within the coming season in terms of expenses?
0: Well, travelling costs is one. Hiring of the sports halls. The home venue we got, we have to hire. And we train twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, matches on Sundays. So, you know, all cost money. Uh, referees costs. Lots of outgoings. We're travelling from York to Tranmere. Two teams who got promoted this season are Durham and Surrey, who play at Hastings so we've got some travelling to be doing you know and another team has moved to Southend so we'll be travelling all over the country next season I'm sure the aim will be to win the league if possible Uh, and if we were lucky enough to win it like Reading Escola won it this season they are now going to go on to represent England in the new Futsal Champions League which starts in August I believe the qualifiers so you know it's it's a massive sport
1: globally do you think England's football team could take inspiration from not just Cambridge United but Futsal as a whole
0: yeah I, I think they are to be fair to the FA, I think uh, the penny has dropped. I mean, it seems to have taken a long time. Like I said, FIFA adopted it in 1989. I think it um, ran about 2000, 2003. England started to sort of play futsal in this country. Here we are, 15 years later, and only last week it was on the BBC, on BBC Sport. Uh, England international matches against Poland were featured. And I know that there's a guy called Pete Sturge, who's the, one of the main coaches uh, for the FA. He goes around doing a road show and they've called it, um, I think it's the England DNA and it's the foundation phase. Futsal, he's a big advocate that uh, every young player especially you know, from 6, 7 to 14, that age group must be playing futsal at some period of time in a the season. They've got to experience futsal because they will be better players, footballers, having done so. But I think it's important also to recognise that futsal, in its own right, is a great sport. It's not just a prep for football, footballers. It's a great sport in its own right. Some players might be more suited to carry on playing futsal rather than going into playing football. There are professional leagues Spain is the most lucrative one. There's one in Brazil. Italy have professional leagues all over the world, really. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your time, Chris. Thank you.